How you doing there, Brandon and Jimmy? This is Bobby Costanzo, a.k.a. Detective Harvey Bullock. I heard you uh, two Jabones are doing a series, podcast, about Batman the Animated Series. That's fantastic. Good luck with that, all right? I'm sure it's going to be great. And, you know, you know, give, give, give Mr. Bullock over here his due. You know, the Batman's all right, but uh, we still go with the traditional law and order. You know what I'm saying, pal? All right, you take care. The best of luck with that. I'll be looking out for it. All right, bye-bye now. Have a good year. Stay safe. You are listening to Almost Got Him, a Batman the Animated Series podcast. And now, your hosts, Brandon and Jimmy. And we're rolling. I'm Brandon. And hey, it's Jimmy again. And this is Almost Got Him, a podcast about Batman, the animated series. And you just heard Robert Costanzo. Are you at it again, Brandon, with these uh, cameos? I am at it like a bat out of hell. Oh see my what gosh. I, did there. I see it. Robert Costanzo, yes, he's on Cameo. Check him out. If you ask me, he sounds just like Harvey Bullock still. He does. That's, just, that's was, his voice, man. That was uh, I was not expecting that. I always thought that was kind of a put-on type mm-hmm. deal. But no, that that's Harvey Bullock in the flesh. They hired the real guy to do it. So a little bit later when we give out the Condiment King Award, you might want to be careful who you give it to. <laughs> this is a very Harvey Bullock central episode. But there's quite a few other people uh, that are central to this episode. One being... Renee Montoya finally getting her moment to uh, to shine. She's been in the show a couple of times, a time or two since now. But now she finally gets you know we she gets to have a part and 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 uh, play the story. So I've got some great bat facts about one Miss Detective Renee Montoya. So she was created originally for the animated series, correct? Yes. But she actually debuted in the comics first. They had created her already, but the series was still in production before they, uh, and that didn't come out till after, till, I believe, several months after the comic came out. Right. Her first appearance was in Batman 475, which I did not know this, but I looked it up online and actually owned this. It's in storage somewhere. So I'm kind of wondering how much that issue costs. It, uh, Starface is the villain in that particular, uh, like, round of issues. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, the character was the star of the critically acclaimed Gotham Central series. Think uh, NYPD Blue, but in Gotham. That was one of my favorite comic book series. And uh, word is the upcoming Gotham PD show on HBO Max might be kind of like that. I hope it is. Uh, Like I said, it's basically every story they're tracking down another like Bat villain or a Batman adjacent case. So... They're really, really fun. The book was only going for like three years, very critically acclaimed, but not a lot of people bought it, unfortunately. I think it's created kind of a second life for itself in the uh, the trade paperback section of bookstores everywhere, but you, you have to check that out. Um, she's also at one point became The Question, who is an old Charlestown Comics uh, character who a lot of people know him as the guy that Rorschach... Uh, in Watchmen, uh, simplified, because Watchmen was originally a series made to kind of, not poke fun of, but kind of satirize the old Charleston 
uh, comics uh, characters that DC had acquired. Right. So, Renee Montoya is extremely popular. Uh, she is a, a lesbian character, part of the LGBTQ uh, community. Uh, she also represents ethnic diversity, which, uh, so a lot of people really kind of, uh, a lot of fans really gravitate towards her because she represents things that you don't see enough of in comics, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Uh, she's also a character who over the years has undergone a tremendous personal transformation from humble beginnings. And I think that also makes her very likable in the comic books today. Uh, Speaking of comic books today, she is currently the commissioner of Gotham City. She just became that back in like March, oh, really? I, I believe. After, yeah, after the in Infinite Frontier storyline, she became the commissioner. Oh, she smashed that grass uh, glass ceiling. Yes, yeah, she is. She did that? Uh, yeah, that's, that's what Renee Montoya does. Oh yeah. Um, Renee Montoya in this particular episode is voiced by Ingrid Olau, from uh, mainly known from Stand and Deliver. The character was recast many years later uh, with uh, Lee, it looks like it's Leanne Shermer. She does it throughout uh, New Batman Adventures and I think near the end of the original Batman the Animated Series. Uh, Renee Montoya also appears in that Gotham Girls series that I've, that we were talking about on a past mm -hmm. episode of this podcast. And do you know who voiced her? Catwoman herself, Adrian Barbeau. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I did not know that. I'm going to have to check that out. Apparently, it was a web series, and that's, hmm. I think that's oh, okay. why I hadn't heard of it. Okay. But it is all on HBO Max. Uh, now, on television, uh, Renee Montoya was portrayed by Victoria Cartagena in the Gotham series. And ironically, we, we talked about this recently, she's going to be reprising the role for season three of Batwoman. Yes, she's playing the same character but the char uh, of the same name, but it's a different interpretation of Renee Montoya this time around. Um, and Renee Montoya also debuted on the big screen in 2020's uh, highly underrated Birds of Prey movie, and that character was played by Rosie Perez. And I loved her. She was great in that. Rosie Perez also shows up in that uh, that Woodstock documentary that you need to watch. Oh, yeah, I need to watch that. Yeah. It's on my, my to-do list. She was pretty back in the day. Um, still very attractive woman. Um, this episode is kind of interesting because Kevin Conroy, by the way, only has six sentences in the whole episode. I think that's very impressive. Uh, yeah, the, the first episode where Batman is not seen out of costume as well. So he kind of, it's kind of, he's kind of a background player in this whole episode. But at the same time, it's all about him. Yeah. Which I think is nice. Yeah. And we, uh, for those that, I don't know if I introduced the episode earlier, but we are looking over episode 13 of Batman the Animated Series titled... P.O.V. Now, this episode first aired September 18th, 1992, which directed by Kevin Altieri, once again, and written by Mitch Bryan, Sean Catherine Derrick, and Loren Bright. Sean Catherine Derrick we've seen before. Yes, and this was Sean Catherine Derrick's, I think, last episode. Oh, is that right? Yeah, she got extremely, extremely frustrated with this episode because there was a lot cut out of it originally. The, uh, the, the original script was not approved by broadcast standards and practices because of the backstories of the officers. The original idea was for each officer to officer's past to kind of be revealed. We were going to find out that Harvey Bullock was a, a jock, a popular jock in school, but his dad didn't love him enough or his dad was abusive. Uh -huh. I mean, he, was abu he was abusive, yeah. 
there was a part that they weren't uh, that the censors were not too thrilled about, uh, and also uh, Renee Montoya was supposed to be a punk kid back in the day, and she was going to turn herself around. That was going to be her backstory. Once again, that humble beginnings uh, of the Renee Montoya character being explored. Also, the uh, cops were originally supposed to recount their stories in a coffee shop, and their jobs weren't originally on the line either. That was something that was changed in the later scripts. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I know they added a lot more action. Originally, I think it was supposed to be an all-talky episode. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if Kevin Conroy was going to have much to do. They said a lot of the third act was new. Like, uh, because they, I think they just wanted more bang, boom stuff. Yeah. But yeah, yeah this won't. is the first episode that's really been retooled because of the censors. But in my opinion, I think it worked out pretty well. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll talk more about that as we go through our, uh, with our, our particular categories later. Yes. But before we get into that, we need a synopsis, sir. Okay, so the episode POV, which means... Point of view. Point of view. And we're going to see the point of view of of three different people on this episode. That is correct. So the episode throws you right in the thick of things as Renee Montoya and her new partner Wilkes are racing towards a warehouse, discovering that it's engulfed in flames. Uh, They find Bullock outside groaning uh, as a couple of thugs escape the fire. The two officers spring into action just as Bullock looks up to the roof to see the Batman and then immediately passes out. Later, the lieutenant, along with Commissioner Gordon, grilled the three officers under the lights. You know, really sweat it out, uh, as they do. They tend to do to people. It was, it was good cop, bad cop, with Commissioner Gordon being the good cop and Hackle being the bad cop. Lieutenant wants to know who bungled this sting, and all three officers have a, have a different story. Uh, Bullock begins by putting all the blame on the Batman but immediately we realize that what Bullock says and what Bullock does are two different things. Uh, Bullock entered without backup, spooked the criminals, and probably would have died in the fire if it wasn't for Batman lifting him to safety. End of Act 1. Definitely. Act 2 begins, and it's the rookie's turn to tell his Wilkes. story. Wilkes, Wilkes. Is a rookie. Voiced by a Robbie Benson. Robbie Benson? Oh, I did not know that. Yes, so you've come to stare at the beast. <laughs> Yes, he was Beauty. He was Beast. Yes, in he was. And the Beast. Yeah, he did, he's a filmmaker mainly today, isn't he? I think so. I, I think believe he, he is. He's a, I think he's inserted some like Beast Easter eggs in some of his projects. So Wilkes retells his story of watching the Batman subdue the escaping crooks and is generally amazed by the greatness of the Bat. Uh, Wilkes hears the Dark Knight grilling a thug and makes out one word. What is that word? What was the word? <laughs> the word was Doc. Oh, okay. Yeah, yes. yeah, Doc. The lieutenant ridicules the rookie story, and the commish uh, insists there may be a communication problem, which I'm sort of having right now, <laughs> getting out this, this synopsis. That's an understatement. Exactly. Um, what's not a problem is communicating to you that a friend of mine has a cat named Commissioner Gordon, but that's that's not a plot point. It's neither here uh, nor there. So put, let's put that aside. All that just to get to that. Yes. <laughs> Montoya speaks up and tells her side of the story. She entered the warehouse and overheard one of the thugs saying the name, what? Doc. No, they said Doc. What's <laughs> the <laughs> Hathcock. Really? The Doc Hathcock. Doc Hathcock. Yes. The thugs confront Montoya and the fire is started. But once again, as in all three stories, Batman is there to bring her to safety. Uh, Lieutenant is having none of this and suspends all three and takes their badges and weapons. Because that's what they always do, right? That's all they, what they I, always on do television. when things. Yeah. On the train on the way home, Montoya realizes the meaning of Doc Hathcock uh, and ends up going it alone at a warehouse on the docks. 
Don't Google that name. You'll find weird stuff, I'm sure. Don't Google Hathcock Warehouse, <laughs> uh, where she finds all Batman tied up with no place to go until he does and frees himself. It turns out Batman allowed himself to be captured uh, so he could get the drop on the boss, which is essentially Batman saying, I meant to do that. Yeah, yeah, it was all part of the plan. Monty, I love it when a plan comes together. I, I love it. I love it when a, when a synopsis comes together. Uh, <laughs> eventually, it will. Eventually, eventually. Montoya and the Batman team up to take out the boss uh, with a giant crane and a forklift and end up tearing up the pier and ripping a hole in the ship. Uh, Ron Perlman is there, and he's the voice of a thug for some reason. And he's also the beast. He's also the, he's also the beast. Oh, my God. I didn't make that connection until right now. Well, that's the, pretty much the highest point of the end of this synopsis. Uh, because, Batman Beast Wars. Because the ending of this episode is fairly standard cop procedural, unfortunately, as our three officers... It's, it's very kind of law and order for yeah, Batman, which uh, I think is a cool idea for an episode. The officers are, re officers are reinstated, and Gornley finally puts the dickhead lieutenant in his place. Uh, the synopsis I've just read is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. And that is POV. Insert that noise. Bum, bum. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh, that's Dragnet? I thought you were doing the Law and Order thing. No, dum, 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 dum. So, Bat <laughs> I just called you Batman. <laughs> <laughs> that's his first. <laughs> so, Jimmy, we talked about the end of the episode, we talked about the middle of the episode, but how does Batman begin? Jimmy, how does Batman begin for the episode entitled P... OV, what did you think of the title card for this particular episode? It's like one of those, uh, the Marvel Where Are We things. Like when it's like, you're in, like Wakanda comes on the screen, you yeah. know, in like big letters. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that. I oh, the, the, uh, the, Rus the Russo the, the Russo text. brothers. Here, I like here. all the Russo yes. texts. Queens! Yes, that kind of thing. It reminded me of that and in that kind of font. And I Titan. Think, I, I dug that about it, actually, the simplicity of it. So I, I had questions about it. Like I, I, I liked it, but... The background was that a brain supposed to be kind of like maybe the point of view coming from inside your head. I I, I think, but that's what it, it looked was. like a brain with a missing piece, like a puzzle. So it's kind of like the missing piece. Ah, like, very clever. So I like it if, even more. If that's what it is, I think it's very clever. If it's not what it is, I don't know what they're going for. But I I, I liked it. Uh, I said there wasn't much to it, but if it is in fact a brain with a missing piece of a puzzle, it, it works. So I am a fan. I'm missing many pieces of my brain. Oh, yes. We killed a couple brain cells already. But holy speech bubble, Batman. Jimmy, what is your favorite line from the episode entitled POV? Uh, my favorite, I think, was delivered by not the first beast, but the second beast. Oh. Um, who, uh, Mr. Ron Perlman. His name was Driller. I Driller. Think was Driller. Yeah, he was Driller. Yeah, because I'll okay. talk about him later. Okay, this, this always sticks out to me because he says uh, Batman's hanging from a, like, they're going to do something to him. He's always hanging. Yeah, and he says, I wonder what the boss is going to do with pointy ears up there. No. Uh, I just saw something about him saying pointy <laughs> ears. When I was when I watched it, I was like, what's my favorite quote? I, pointy ears stuck out to me. I like that. So I, like I just like him saying pointy ears. And it was Ron Perlman. Oh, so. uh, yeah. Ron Perlman comes back for all kinds of different parts. He was Clayface. If you, uh, Clayface for the two part of. Mm -hmm. Feats of Clay episodes, and he's been a bunch of smaller, like, ancillary characters here Sometimes and there. they bring him in and just do that. They br they mm -hmm. do, like, record a main part and then three other parts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that over the that. season, yeah. Especially with the f this humongous first season of Batman, the animated series, they were working on a bunch of them near, uh, at the same time. 
Is that like an Aura 65? Yeah. 65 episodes? Yeah, it was yeah. just so many, yeah. so many episodes that they had to do because they were coming out pretty much daily. They're five or six days a week from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. My uh, favorite quote from the episode is, is between Batman and Renee Montoya. Somebody had just shot off a machine gun trying to, you know, murder Batman and Renee Montoya. Batman asked Renee, are you all right? And then Montoya responds with, Dandy. Oh, uh, yeah, the Dandy I liked line. kind of yeah. that, uh, yeah. that sass that mm-hmm. Renee Montoya gave to Batman after almost getting her head shot off by the machine gun, which, by the way, horrible, horrible shot that machine gun guy was. He was like straight up stormtrooper. He just shot around them. Yes. At point blank. Well, I'm quite thankful for at that. At point blank. For his ineptitude. Yes. But if I were if I were a bad guy, I would definitely not hire him. So, Jimmy, wait till they get a load of me. Wing freak terrorizes. Wait till they get a load of me. <laughs> Jimmy, wait till they get a load of me. Who is your favorite character in POV? Um, so, um, I'm going to give that to, because she's a new girl, I'm going to give it to Montoya. I give it to Montoya as well, because she finally gets her moment to shine. But you know what I also liked here? Um, I like the mythicness, the mythic, mythical abilities of Batman. I like Batman in this one. It's not a, what does he have? What does he have? Six sentences. Six lines, but like, it's all about him and like people's versions of him. And like, I just, he, I I like that part. You get different accounts visually and, uh, of course, like with, Bullock, he's talking about things that uh, didn't happen, but you're seeing what actually happens as well. So you're you're seeing all kinds of different looks of the Dark Knight, which I think is a lot of fun. I agree with that statement. <laughs> Jimmy, the award for the best character for both of us went to Renee Montoya, but who gets your Condiment King Award? Uh, this is another one where it's it's not the character's fault. Um, it's the lieutenant, right? Hackle, yeah. I, got, I put Hackle as well. Yeah. He's just such a dick. And suspending yeah. all the officers kind of, kind of felt like a little extreme to me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I did not care for Hackle. I always have to apologize to the character. Like, I know you're there for plot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it doesn't... We don't take it personal. I'm going to take it personal. It's, but, it's uh, part of the function. You know, that I know you're just written to be a character we don't like. You're being so. that guy. That's right. That's right. Someone's gotta. <laughs> Somebody's gotta. Yeah. Somebody's also gotta get nuts. So, Jimmy, let's get nuts. Now you wanna get nuts? Come on. Let's get nuts. Jimmy, let's get nuts. What were your favorite moments from the episode POV? Um, you know, my favorite uh, bar- parts here are with the rookie. Oh, uh, with Wilkes. With Wilkes. Yes. Where his, particularly his recount of Batman, um, just. It's it kind of feels like what I would be if I witnessed Batman in reality. I'd be like, oh my god, he shot sp- sparks from his hands. I, I thought that was fun. Yeah, yeah I, I like. I just it was very relatable. Like if I if I saw a guy who doing that, I'd be, like, oh my gosh, he did this and that. Uh, really, he's just throwing a thing, but it's like sparks. Mm-hmm. I I just identified with that with that part of it. It's my favorite part of the whole episode. So that, that's basically what my favorite part mm-hmm. is. I love the whole concept. I love the different points of view. I love that Bullock is like Bullock is lying about what actually happened, and we're seeing what's going on but that fits his character yes um i love the way that as you said the way that wilkes exaggerates about mm-hmm. the batman and then uh i think renee montoya she's pretty straightforward but there's a different color scheme going on on the 
on like everybody. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's kind of her outlook, but I just thought that was very stylishly, very, very uh, awesome. So Jimmy, that might be our favorite moment, but what is your Martha moment? Why did you say that name? Martha, why did you say that name? Jimmy, what's your Martha moment? What are the moments of POV that you were not that huge of a fan of? Um, I think that the the end, the third act is a little, it's action heavy, and the ending is a little lackluster. So that's that's uh, as I said earlier, the third act was changed a lot. Mm -hmm. Like I said, the original episode it was mainly just going to be the cops talking about everything that happened. And they were at, at, they were just gonna talk about it at the coffee shop, and I think we were I don't, like the jobs were never on the line in the original script either. But there wasn't a lot of action in the original, or not like I said. I don't think Batman was really in it except for in the background. But the third uh, the third act was ordered by the broadcast standards and practices. They wanted more action and less of the tragic backstories, which sounded mm -hmm. very interesting. I'd love to see a Altieri cut or wherever of this episode. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's why Sean Catherine Derrick quit uh, quit the series because she was so fed up with all the changes they made to this particular episode. Well, it's funny watching it. Like you tell me the backstory and like that makes, I, I can see that. Yeah. I can see where it's just like, let's just have, an, let's use Montoya because we want to showcase that character yeah. uh, and let's have an action thing. When it, it feels like the setup of different characters with different POVs, uh, it just kind of, isn't a thing towards the end. Yeah, yeah, they kind of, it's it's like they don't fully commit to it. Yeah. It's a great, great, for lack of better words, gimmick for the episode. But yeah, the third act just feels like something totally left field. I I, I thought, and we watching it and making my notes, I felt for sure that there's three acts to the story, so each act would be a different explanation. Yeah. But no, explanation that's the one way and it, two are in the, are in the same act. Uh, two and three. Two and three. Yeah, yeah two and three. That's, that's what I thought they were going to do, because they did Bullock all yeah. in the first act. Now, mm -hmm. Okay, we're just going to do each act with each. Yeah, we're going to follow them along. So that's, that's fun. That's fun. Because you have, you know, the jaded guy go first, the new guy who's kind of starry-eyed, mm -hmm. and then you're straight shooting. Right, the sensible. Yeah, sensible person. So, yeah, I, I, I thought the the concept of the episode was amazing, but they should have committed uh, to the whole episode with that, and not just uh, two acts. I hundred percent agree with that. So my Martha moment—that is part of my Martha moment. I also have to put Driller in there. I love Ron Perlman, but I think he deserves better than this uh, Dick Tracy named like goon. <laughs> yes. Um, I also, I mentioned earlier about the guy with the machine gun who basically just shot around them. How do you do that? <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. But probably my biggest complaint, and maybe I missed something, but we never found out who the boss was, did we? No, we don't. We never find out. The guy's just named the boss, and we never find out who the boss is. Because I remember from the shadows at one point, it kind of looks like it could be the Clock King, which I believe the next episode is involves his introduction oh i see but i don't know if that's really her or not uh really him or not so yeah that's uh those are my martha moments uh so every episode we grade each episode between one and five we'd like to explain how we do the grading jimmy uh, I just kind of come up with stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the stuff you came up with for this week? Uh, this one is a bit of like a, kind of like a, a, a Christmas thing. We're gonna, this we're going with 
Bullock's blaming Batman. So Bullock's blaming Batman. Yes, that's how many. We, so we got it can be one out of how do we? What is it? So up to five, right? Yeah, it's it's out of five. Five being that you absolutely loved it. One being that you actually absolutely detested it. Jimmy, I give this one a four point five out of five. Bullock's blaming Batman because of how much I love the concept of the first two acts. Really? You really yeah, went I, high there. I, I thought it was such a really, really good episode. And I still think the third act is, like, good. I just don't think it's good for this particular episode. It's kind of like they were combining two different stories or right. whatever. Um, but, yeah, I absolutely I absolutely love the concept and I love the character work in this episode. I It is also, it's one I didn't really remember all that well. So going into it, I was just really enthralled by it the entire time. Okay, this is actually pretty well done. Well... What is your grade? You, I mean, you're, that's what we're getting both of our point of views. What did you think of POV? Um, I I think I, I, I before you start talking, I was gonna say two and a half. You're allowed to. This is a free country, Jimmy. Uh, that's right. Batman fights for you. You, you made a lot of points <laughs> that I, I agree with. Yeah. Um, and I, I like the different point of views. Um, but I don't know. Again, I just feel that it kind of peters. Um, and I, the third th- act is harmful. Th- they don't kind of pay that off. So yeah, I you think know. I think two and a half. Uh, I like. I mean, I like the character work. I, I like Montoya gets to do some stuff. Bullock is great, and the rookie. I don't know if he comes back or not, or he's just the the red shirt. I don't, shirt think, I don't think Wilkes comes back. Doesn't come back. So I think there's kind of the appeal of him. He's kind of just a, you know, he's he's a fly on the wall. Right. Well, again, I, I think I would stick with two and a half. I, I think it was a, right. a fine episode, and I like. Um, the, the stabs at the different. That's uh, fine. This will be our years. final podcast. Uh, oh my goodness! Um, that took it out. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I I totally get it. If I think if they would have like fixed that third act to be more point of views, it would have gotten a five for me to be honest. But yeah, I the 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 final act is kind of a detriment to the episode as a whole. So I see your point of view. Your POV, if you will, and Jimmy. I'll raise you a continue. Oh, <laughs> of the two B variety. Hey, Jimmy, please tell our listeners where you can view our podcast and some information regarding our podcast. Almost got them a, a podcast about Batman the animated series. Well, you of course can go uh, to um, uh, YouTube. And you can watch episodes uh, or listen to episodes of uh, the podcast, IP Films, um, or you can go to any podcatcher of your choice. You can uh, you can do all of them, the Spotify's and uh, the Apples, and they should be on those, all the main ones. Yeah, please subscribe. Give us uh, five stars if you don't mind. Also, make sure to go like our Batman, the, uh, almost got them, Batman the Animated Series podcast uh, Facebook group. Yes, a lot of interesting stuff. <laughs> yes, we we, uh, we post stuff about each individual episode and uh, also post uh, some fun like Batman stuff here and there. The other day uh, we posted uh, what Batman would look like if he was created by Pixar. How, what do you think of that? I thought it was adorable. <laughs> it was really nice. I wish Pixar would utilize their stuff for like Marvel properties since, you know, they're both yeah. Disney owned. I always felt like that would be a great, I mean... Obviously, it's gonna, obviously, there's comparisons, but I always thought there'd, that'd be a great avenue for Fantastic Four, even though I know a lot of people think The Incredibles, but I, f- I still see them as very different. Um, but yeah, I thought that looked really good. There's also a cool uh, Batman Forever uh, poster up with the... Uh, it's the original poster, but with Batman the Animated Series designs. Yeah, I totally dug that. It's really, really cool, which reminds me, don't 
Don't sleep on the uh, Val Kilmer documentary on Amazon Prime entitled Val. It just went up uh, Friday as of this recording. Uh, I watched it the other night. Very, very good. Uh, he doesn't talk too fondly about Batman Forever the movie, but he does love the character very much. Um, and there's some really like interesting stuff with his stuff with when he did The Island of Dr. Monroe. You oh, should watch it just for... It's like the most intense five minutes of the entire yeah. movie. You've you've got to check that out because he records some of the fights that he had with the director on there. Oh my god! Well, that that it's, it's fascinating. The, that documentary that that's that movie has a documentary. That's a whole yeah. I've actually watched there. that over here. That's amazing. Oh, we did. Yeah, yeah. we did watch that. I think there's even a part of darkness. I think there's also I think there's a like a post credit or one of the last scenes in Val is a old footage of him in the water with that little guy from. Uh, Dr. Violin Monroe, who, who is probably apparently a lot of trouble on the set. Oh, the little guy. Eventually, they made that kind of mini me concept. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What was he doing on the uh, set? That was so bad. Val? No, the uh, the little guy. Oh, was he? They like, talk about it in the in the documentary. Was he farting or something? I don't. Th I think he was like. <laughs> I think he was like screwing hookers or something. I don't know. He, he was, I don't know. He was he was partying too much. I think he was drinking a whole. Are we getting that lot. mixed up with what the Munchkins did and the Wizard of Oz? No, Munchkins? no. But that's that's a fun story in yeah. and of itself. Uh, speaking of movies out there, of course, Suicide Squad is on HBO Max right now. We talked about that the last episode. There is one thing I wanted to add to the discussion of that movie. There's. A very popular Batman villain who appears in the episode for literally 20 seconds, uh, portrayed by the great Sean Gunn, uh, Calendar Man shows up in Suicide Squad. Yes. And for those not in the know, Calendar Man is kind of, he's not the main villain, but he's kind of the main character that's not named Batman in the very popular The Long Halloween series from the mid-90s, uh, written by Jeff Loeb with art by Tim Sale. They recently released not one, but two animated features, a part one and a part two of The Long Halloween. Uh, it I have, I've bought one. I'm going to buy part two this Tuesday because it comes out on Blu-ray this Tuesday. I kind of want these uh, physical copy, copies. But I'm hearing really, really good things about those particular animated uh, movies. Uh, but yeah, Sean Gunn plays Calendar Man. If you, if you blink, you might miss it because they don't come out and say, hey, this is Calendar Man. But you see the months written on his skull. So that's how we know. That's that a good indication. Man. Yeah. Yes. So, Jimmy, I think we've done a good job today. I may brag a little bit. Well, that's your point of view. <laughs> uh, next, The next episode that we will be covering will be episode 14. It is entitled The Clock King. It doesn't have like a fancy title at all. It's just called The Clock just King. Just The Clock King. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I don't know much about this character. I don't know if he was originally a comic character or a sh character made just for the show. He was in Batman 66. He was in Batman 66. Yes. Mm -hmm. Take a shot. Clock King was. So I guess I'm, we're going to have to do a bit of a deep dive on the Clock King. He shows up in way more episodes than like Mr. Freeze, I feel like. Yes. Which is kind of weird, in my opinion. My point of view, if you will. Well, Jimmy, go ahead and say goodbye to the nice listeners of Almost Got Em, a podcast 
on Batman <laughs> podcast about Batman the Animated Series. What are you laughing at? <laughs> I, I've been getting it mixed up like three times. What are you laughing at? You know, like Joker says to the gargoyle. <laughs> so jo- Joker walks into a bar and says to a gargoyle. Now it just sounded like that was a joke, but it's really, it really wasn't Aww. at all. No. Oh, is that our tag? I g- <laughs> Did we say bye? Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Almost Got Him, a Batman the Animated Series podcast.